Welcome to another episode of the Grace Over Grime podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lacey C. Robbins, focused on creating a movement of connection, collaboration, and community for women who are about business and work-life design. I'm so glad that you're here on today. From process to practice, grab your stilettos and let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition, another fabulous episode of the Grace Over Grind podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. Now, y'all already know it does not take much for me to start like geeking out, but I'm super excited. One, because we are coming down to our final episode all around the 21 laws of leadership, irrefutable leadership, follow them and people will follow you. Our entire recap that we've been having all connected back to John C., Dr. John C. Maxwell. This has been a dynamic experience. And today, as we're closing out um, this particular series, I'm excited to bring to the table Dr. Essence Johnson. Hi, Dr. Essence. How are you today? Hello, Dr. Lacey. I am so excited to be with you today. I'm super excited to have you here as well. You know, we had to figure things out because you're super busy, obviously, you know, saving the world, changing dynamics and landscapes. But my audience, they may not be familiar with you. So I want to give them a chance to get to know you a little bit. I have a couple of questions that I'm going to ask, not hard, but just a way to get us a little warmed up and give them a chance to get to know to get to know you a little bit better. How does that sound? That sounds great. Let's get awesome. to it. Awesome. So first this is probably the most important question, coffee or tea? Yeah, you know, it depends on the day for me. Mm -hmm. I'm probably primarily a tea drinker, but sometimes you need a little bit of that coffee love. And if it is, I like an iced coffee. Oh, yes, absolutely. So where did you grow up and where do you live now? So I'm originally from Southern California. Many people don't believe that because I've lived now more of my life as a Texan than I have as a Southern Californian. Um, but yes, I um, practice in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Very nice. And book or e-reader for you? E-reader all the way. E-reader. Okay. Now that surprises me, That especially knowing your background and such, that surprises me. So where would you like to visit but haven't quite yet made it? Germany. It has been on my list for some years. My baby sister, she lives there with her husband. They're a military family. Okay. Had plans to go, but you know, COVID had other plans. So hopefully we'll get to go. Yes. I hope you get an opportunity to visit as well. COVID, boy, I tell you, it's the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Dr. Essence, again, for those who might be brand new to our audience and haven't had a chance to connect with you, why don't you share with them what sort of doctor you are? Yeah, so I am Dr. Essence Johnson. I'm an HBCU-made residency-trained community and correctional health optometrist, which means that I am a doctor for the eyes. Nice. And did you hear that HBCU? So for all my HBCU listeners out there, you know, Fisk University here at the table, Dr. Essence, where did you go to university? 
I went to the Prairie View A&M University in Prairie View, Texas. Come on now. Come on now, people. You know, probably around the time that this episode is going to drop, there are going to be a lot of college students or high school students, excuse me, trying to think to themselves, where exactly do they want to go to university? And I really hope that they'll consider an HBCU. I know, like looking back myself, one of the best experiences I could have ever had in my life. And really, my first experiences in being a leader and those independent experiences of being a leader. So, you know, for today, I want to recap and have a conversation with you around um, John Maxwell's final three laws. And that would be law number 19, the law of timing, law number 20, the law of explosive growth, and law number 21, the law of legacy. Now, if you haven't been following along with us, it's still not too late. You can definitely go back and grab all the replays while they still are there as a reminder that the final episodes will live in the million dollar inner circle. And the only way you'll be able to access the full episode is from the million dollar inner circle. So do keep this in mind if you've been following along or maybe you're just now hopping in. I also want to remind you that you can download your 21 Laws worksheet so that you can continue to fill in, grab those gems or tips that are going to be shared in today's conversation. So with law number 19, one of the big ideas that um, Maxwell talks about with regards to the law of timing is when to lead is as important as what to do and where to go. But my first question I have for you, Dr. Essence, is do you think leaders, like his whole book is dealing with leadership, right? But do you think leaders are born or made? I honestly think it's both. I think there are a select few of us that were born leaders. Mm -hmm. But for those who may not feel, you know, that they were leaders initially, because I feel like growing up, it's always, are you a leader or a follower? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's one or the other. I think leaders have followers Mm -hmm. and that followers can become leaders and that everybody has a little bit of leadership quality in some level or degree in, in their life. And it's just all about the way that you look at it. So everyone possesses the ability to lead, Mm -hmm. but there are a select few of us. I'll put myself in that category that may have been born to be a leader. (laughs) Do you recall like your first experience of taking the lead? Or one of your early experiences? That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that's a very funny question. I'm the oldest in my family. So I think by birth order, you are leading the way, whether you want to or not. Mm -hmm. So I honestly think some of my first experiences started just at home. Mm. And then from there, you know, it has expanded from the classroom, now the exam room, and even in some areas, the boardroom. Mm. So my leadership for me... has been something that I was born with, but I have to continue to cultivate and grow and learn with as Mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. Now, what about, you know, the common misperception among people who aren't leaders, that leadership is just about position and, you know, getting perks and those sort of things? How, How do you address that? I definitely, and I believe Maxwell, he said this in And one of those things that it's not about the perks. It's not about what you get. 
Um, when it comes to leadership, it's really about what is the value that you can instill in others. And I really like that point that we'll probably touch on later too. It's what is that, that legacy you're leading? Are you able to have, yeah. you know, successors and things of that nature? I know you're a sorority girl as well. Yes. And some <laughs> of the things that I tell, um, people that are interested in joining the sorority, you know, that's one of the questions, like the why. Uh-huh. And that's probably your question going into optometry or any profession is your why. And I always tell people when I get a question like that, it's not what the organization can do for me. It's what I can do or bring to that organization. Mm -hmm. And that in everything and anything that you do, you should also be looking at what is what is your internal perk that you are bringing to that company or that organization, that, you know, club on campus or, you know, we are in clubs even as adult mm-hmm. women. So what is, what is that value you're bringing there? Why do people want to employ you? What is your perk mm-hmm. that you're providing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it interesting how Maxwell, when he's talking about timing and, and we often will say, oh, the timing was perfect or they had perfect timing. Um, but yet there are still some instances where we may feel out of sync in our time. Right. And how I know me personally, through my journey of being an elementary school teacher and principal and then quitting all of that, moving to Europe. And I think back often, like what could have been like, what if I did just continue to deny myself and remain a school principal? Or what if I, from the beginning, would have um, majored in business in the uni- at the university level versus, you know, following and picking up millions, millions of years, it feels like, later? Um, how do you deal with, when it comes to timing, knowing that you're in step? It took some time. But honestly, now that, you know, I'm out of my 20s, almost through with 30s, I feel like I'm that meme. I'm that example Mm. that they say sometimes it takes 10 years to get to that one year that will change your life. Mm. And I think that that holds true when it comes to timing. It's not only in like how he said, it's not only how you do it, but when you do Mm -hmm. it. Um, as an optometrist, I also do a lot of advocacy work for Black Eye Care Perspective. That's my nonprofit with my colleagues. And in this, we started it in the midst of the pandemic. Mm. And the first thing that family and close friends said to me was, we've been telling you to do this. (laughs) We've been telling you to do this like 10 years ago. But the things that I didn't have at the time is exactly what Maxwell states. I didn't have the same maturity that I have now 10 years ago. I didn't have the same confidence, decisiveness, Mm. the experience, the intuition, the the preparation. All of that is important. Mm -hmm. It's not just a matter of go and do it. Also, the world was not what it was 10 years ago. So especially for a very strong advocacy platform and wanting to spread awareness and especially to increased representation. Yeah, we've always had that problem, but we know there's an extra focus on it now in this day and age. So that also shows like when me and my group of colleagues got together and we formed this organization and everyone thinks like, how did these new kids on the block or, you know, these new emerging leaders, Mm -hmm. why are they so successful? It's the timing. It's because for the last 10 years, we weren't just sitting around doing nothing. That's good. We were preparing. And some of it may have just been spiritual preparedness, Mm. you know, and mental preparedness that we didn't even know that there are some cases where you have to be a certain year old or 
not only in just physical age, but also just in professional age mm-hmm. and experiences to be able to pour into something and again, create that yeah. value, be able to lead people in a way that they find you galvanizing, that when you get up and you speak, you have a commanding presence and they want to follow yes. you. That is something that sometimes gets cultivated and nurtured once you are confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and definitely. So I believe that it takes time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, sometimes it takes 10 years <laughs> to get to that one year, but I'm so grateful yes. <laughs> for those 10 years. Well, and it's just like a tree being planted, right? When the seed is put into the soil, it does not necessarily yield a crop in the next year. And so there's benefit, like there's the, the quote, when's the best time to plant a tree today, right? Um, so that we can reap the benefit and the harvest from it. And so tell us a little bit more about Black Eye Care Perspective. And this really is leading into the law of explosive growth, if you think about it. But tell us m- more about it, how people can learn more of it, how they can even support it. Yeah, so Black Eye Care Perspective, it was co-founded by one of my schoolmates, Dr. Daryl Glover, and another colleague of ours, Dr. Adam Ramsey. And it was founded on the principle that we wanted to cultivate and foster lifelong relationships between African Americans um, in the eye care industry. So we have an initiative going on. It's our 13% Promise Initiative, where we are actively working to redefine the color of the eye care industry 1% at a time um, by creating creating a pipeline for Black students into the profession, because like many things, the representation of Black doctors, Mm. of Black students going into optometry is out of line with our census report. Mm. Um, We have over 13% of the population identifying as Black and African American, and it's less than 3%, 2%, 1% when we're looking at the amount of students that are entering into professional programs like a doctor of optometry program, becoming doctors of optometry, and then, you know, being able to serve that population. Um, so definitely it is our mission, our passion, our motivation to get more mm-hmm. students into the field, but also just get the general public just more aware mm-hmm. of what I care, I wear, the optometry industry, opticianry industry, just all of those different parts of um, the I care world, mm-hmm. letting our communities know about us, know how important we are to them, yes. but also encouraging other people to come on and, and sew into that field. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to it, the law of explosive. Yes, work. yes. Let's talk about it. It is. Yeah, it makes me excited because that is like black eye care perspective. When leaders get together and you're leading leaders, Mm -hmm. it is a very unique experience. Mm -hmm. Like I have been used to being that leader that has, you know, followers or members of a club. But when you are aligned with other leaders that have similar but differing mindsets and mentalities, but share a mission and a purpose and a vision, it is amazing Mm -hmm. the types of things that happen. But I think also there is that obligation too, that when you are those leaders that are leading other leaders, that it's our job to help develop and create more leaders so that something like our mission at Black Eye Care Perspective can last even beyond us. Mm -hmm. So I just really love how, especially these last three laws, how they personally relate to me, but also how those three are very buildable upon each other and kind of interdependent Mm -hmm. on one Mm -hmm. another. Yeah, really towards the end of the book is when, like, I feel the first part, um, first 
essentially 17 laws. He's just telling us like, here's a law. This is something that a good leader does and you too should try it. But in the latter half of um, this self-help book, this leadership book, he really is telling us now this is how you do it. Or if you want to see if your leadership is showing up, this is where you should be able to to see it. This is how you take it higher, right? And so I'm really curious about, you know, what are some of the things that you and Black Eye Care Perspective, your colleagues and such, what are some ways that you are ensuring that you are holding the door open for the next generation or, um, you know, bringing awareness? Um, I love this idea of, um, I often will say, when the tide rolls in, all boats lift. And so keeping in mind, like, it's not just about me, right? It's not enough if I get it, um, pun intended, but what happens if uh, to make sure, you know, my colleague or this next person. So, you know, what are some ways that you all are doing that, that you're holding the door open for the next generation? I think one one part of it is investing in ourselves, Mm. being very intentional in personal and professional development and growth. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I would say about becoming a doctor, specifically like a healthcare doctor, Oftentimes you can be typecasted as just that Mm. very one dimensional. And that is where a lot of, I would say my colleagues burnout come from is because you're just a doctor, Mm. which honestly, when I was becoming a doctor, I wanted to be, you know, just a doctor. It was so empowering, but I think that term has now taken a very limiting approach. And when people are feeling stuck in a rut, the question is again, What is the value Mm -hmm. that you want to instill in this profession? Mm. What are the things that you can do to make it different? And I think when you invest in yourself, you want, Gabrielle Union wrote it in her book. She was saying the same concept, like we start off with ideas for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but the true measure and testament is when you're able to apply that idea to the community. And for some of us, that community may just be a small social circle. And some of it may be the community, you know, like (laughs) the whole world as a whole. So it's being able to invest in yourself first to, yeah, make it applicable to me, Mm -hmm. make sure that I can get it. Not only do I want to have it on my own understanding, invest in these other opportunities or branching out, I think, even how our relationship has started. It's been amazing, you know, to branch out with other doctors, other leaders that are outside of the healthcare field Mm -hmm. and learn from each other. And when I learn from you guys, I go back and bring it back and I'm like, look. This is what they're doing outside of healthcare. We need, when you sent me this, you know, I was already read the book super Mm. quick. And I'm like, now all of you guys need to go and read this book and definitely tell me how you feel about 1920 and 21, because this this section was about us. So I think that's the next Mm -hmm. part. Once you get it, you need to share it and pass it along. And then you got to hold people accountable. So that is even what we're doing in building this pipeline. We're making sure that we're getting it, that we're good examples and good stewards, but we also want to pass it along, Mm -hmm. but not pass it along passively. Be very active and intentional and hold people accountable. Not only the accountability piece, but the check-in piece. Mm. There should be some follow-up to the follow-through because sometimes I'm like, here, Dr. Lacey, read this book. Hope you get it. Right. But then there's no circling back. There's no powwow Mm -hmm. and communication of talking. Mm -hmm. There's no exchange of ideas. Mentorship. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's important. It's not just for students. 
everyone needs mentorship and needs to learn how them too can be a mentor. I believe like one of the four people every person needs in their life is a mentor, right? And a mentor essentially says, be like me, which is different than coaching, which is like the guide on the side or consulting, which is the expert. But when you are looking or seeking someone to be a mentor, there's something that's in them that you desire to be a part of yourself, or there's something that you see in them that you're like, wow, I wish I had that same confidence or those same experiences or things like that. And I appreciate like one of my mentors is Dr. Jeanette Mitchell, who is like a phenom here in the city of Milwaukee. She literally has known me since I was a girl um, when we first moved here to Milwaukee. But I love being able to have those Um, breakfast moments with her and I can just share this is what I'm considering what I'm thinking and she can just boom laser in on it and is able to offer her insight and her thoughts and I'm then can make the decision right take the meat spit out the bones and I think it's you hit on something really um, powerful which is the need for mentorship and I really feel like what's happening with black eye care perspective is mentorship on steroids in essence. (laughs) Um, And you're really, um, you know, not only you're getting a chance to bring this next generation, but you're creating this space, this experience for people. But then you're also um, really speaking to the practical advice of leading leaders and that that development, the personal development, the professional development, because they are different. And then being able to set the example for those who are around you. How do you make the decision to decide like, okay, this year I'm focusing on this. This is my area of development versus, you know, maybe not. Yeah, that's a good question. I will be quite honest. I probably got intentional with my development since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And Um, Some people may see that I say, like, I took my career off of autopilot Mm -hmm. because honestly, after you've gone to school continuously since five years old, became a doctor by like 27, I honestly was like, I am. Yes. Good. I'm through. (laughs) I am done. (laughs) Outside of the continuing education that you have to do to like keep up your licensures Mm -hmm. and things like that. I was like, I'm straight. Mm -hmm. And then COVID. Right. Yeah. And then job security was an issue for everyone. And then sanity and things like that. And I was like, oh, no, I am not okay. What do I want to do? And really, it was hanging out with our mutual friend, Dorothy, yeah. and, and seeing her. Um, I was like, I I don't want to be typecasted as just a doctor. Mm. I don't want to be stuck in a rut and a burnout. I know that I can do and be more. And as someone, too, that. I would say I was born a leader that doesn't leave in you. So when you start getting in those, those ruts and Maxwell says that, you know, leaders get bored Mm -hmm. and we're impatient. Mm -hmm. So when you're in areas and you're not growing, then you have to start using your nervous energy. So sometimes before it was just learning a new hobby or a new talent, you know, Mm -hmm. more passive fun things. But over these last two years, I really was intentional. I want to learn, how to be a stronger me. And one of the most life-changing things that I did over the last two years was to learn my strengths. Something that I know in most people's industries, it's just already done. And why in the healthcare industry, it isn't automatic as part of our curriculum. But I tell you, once I learned my strengths, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I started moving differently. Mm. Once I learned my strengths, this imposter syndrome was gone because once I learned my strengths, the things that people use to pin against mm-hmm. me, 
I learned that they weren't weaknesses or flaws. They were just my strengths in overdrive. So then I just needed to learn how to get to that place of neutrality and really learn who I Mm -hmm. was. So that was one of the first things I did. It's like, I, I cannot allow other people to define me anymore. I need to learn and understand myself. There are four women every woman needs in her life. You can find them at the Inner Circle. Be sure now to set your sights on our monthly membership here at the Robin's Nest for joining for a dollar for the first two weeks. Yes, for just a dollar, you can tap into weekly inspiration, monthly masterclasses, quarterly guest workshops, community access, and yes, even private podcast episodes just for you. Be sure now to either grab the link there in the show notes or at the end of this episode, visit www.robinsnestconsulting.com forward slash inner circle. I'll be sure to see you there. And now let's get back into this episode. Yes. What did you use to help you in identifying your strengths? Did you use like a temperament inventory or, you know, a book or? So I did strength scope and we use a performance psychologist, Mike Miller of B Forte. He um, does mental mindness for our club. We nice. are a black eye care perspective pre-optometry club. Um, and so in learning how to be a good leader, a good coach, a good mentor for them, um, he allowed us to do the strength scope. And because it was something we were unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. And then since then, in this new year, me and my colleague, we're a part of a leadership cohort, um, a part of our Optometric Academy. And I did the Gallup one. So Mm -hmm. it's been very interesting finally understanding those different ones in a more professional format and also getting that coaching and the advising piece to it. Mm -hmm. So I have learned a lot for myself doing strength scope and then knowing my Gallup's values and talents. Very nice. Yeah, I I definitely think everyone should take the opportunity to take some sort of uh, inventory of their strengths, be it like a Gallup or BTI or something along that line, because it it is insightful. It tells you so much about yourself. It also lets you know, like, this is why when I work with X, this gets on my nerves, right? Or this is why I show up like this and I get on their nerves or why I'm impatient. One of the things I know about myself, um, being a leader, being a business owner, an entrepreneur, is that I'm always, while I'm working in something, I'm also thinking about the next big thing, right? So like yourself, you know, you started Black Eye Care Perspective. Pastor Robbins and I, my husband, we started ANA Services and Transportation in the middle of the pandemic because we're like, we've got to create jobs for people. People don't have jobs. So of course we took it upon ourselves because we're like, if we can help to create jobs, then we're doing our part to to assist society, assist the community, right? And I'm really excited and proud to be able to say like, we've created over 25 jobs in this industry that we were brand new to. And so, you know, as we're continuing to develop as leaders, and I would challenge anyone who's listening is to take the time to do that for yourself. And I really see like once we have that information, Dr. Essence, it gives us insight as to where we want to begin or continue our own professional or personal development. It's almost kind of like, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store, but if I didn't take a category categorize what is in the refrigerator, what spices are on the shelf before I go, I just start throwing stuff in my basket. 
as opposed to like, I know I need to make sure I get some butter and a, some flour and some salt because I want to be able to bake this cake when I get home. It's the same thing with our own toolkits when we have a better sense and an understanding of us as a leader, because I do believe we all have leadership within us. It's just whether or not it's been cultivated. You know, I look at my little bean She's two and a half years old and the daycare likes to tell me she's bossy. And I like to tell them she's not bossy. She's merely assertive and she's a leader and it has to be cultivated in the right way. What can we do, like, especially for, I know you're a parent as well, for those individuals who are listening, who have young people around them, who the world is already saying, oh no, get back in your box so that are, you know, those moments of um, imposter syndrome can start, those seeds of imposter syndrome can start to be planted, right? What can we be telling um, these individuals who are connecting with our children how they need to be responding? You know, Dr. Lacey, that, that hits so many points on, like you said, being a parent. I have a young daughter and a son and my daughter started kindergarten. So we already know there's new influences coming in there. You know, having all of my pre-optometry nieces and nephews, um, being in sorority and we have the younger girls and I just completed um, a workshop for our youth group and it was about positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's one thing, like what can we tell the people around our kids? Sometimes we can't control that narrative. Mm. So it's more of what can we tell our kids? What are the tools that we can give them? Because the world is going to talk negative, whether we want them to Mm -hmm. or not. The reality is the world as a whole has a huge negativity bias Mm. They feed off the negativity. We see that in the media. It's intentional Mm -hmm. because that's what gets the clicks and the likes and the attention. So what I try to do with any student I touch, my own family, um, just any youth teaching that positive self talk, Mm -hmm. starting it early. Mm -hmm. My husband will tell my kids, you are a Johnson and you can do anything. Like just already planting those seeds in them that when someone else says it, and I was that kid, you know, if you told me I couldn't do something, it was a uh-uh. Right. <laughs> I bet you I okay. can type of attitude. I'm the same so. way, yes. Yes. <laughs> so teaching at a young age, you know, how to speak positively to ourselves mm-hmm. when we see our own children speaking negatively or even us catching ourselves so that you're always speaking from a place of positivity, that you're always celebrating those strengths, that you're always speaking from a place of what you can and could and would and should do and not what you can't and won't and they won't let you yeah. do type of thing. So I think a lot of it just starts from breeding a stronger generation, Mm -hmm. just mentally and emotionally, psychologically, and telling them that, yes, you can, you know, you deserve to be here. You can do this. You were meant to do this and be here because we're going to hear so many times what people think that we can't, we shouldn't, Mm -hmm. we, why Mm -hmm. we need to know how to respond back with the quick little wit or with that real (laughs) assertive well let me tell you yes (laughs) yes exactly well you know that it leads us directly into law 21 we're talking about family is the law of legacy and you know legacy can look a lot of different ways um one of the things that um basically this chapter highlights uh 
Maxwell states, is a leader's lasting value is measured by succession. And, you know, as I was reading through um, these points from chapter 21, uh, law, excuse me, law 21, I kept thinking about, okay, what what is the legacy that I'm leaving behind? What is the succession that I'm leaving behind? And if my name never goes on the side of a building, is that enough? You know, or is that the only way we know, oh, this person, they really made a legacy. They made a lasting impression. How does one cope with that? You know, he, he even references, what do you want people to say at your funeral? I will say for me, because we all know, you know, we're, we aren't, going to know what our legacy is because the legacy is something that lives once you leave. Mm. So like they said in in that law, some of it is what we do now. Mm -hmm. Some of it is, you know, what is your own personal brand Mm. and mantra? I will share one of the most inspirational passages, and it happens to come from the Bible, um, was when me and my husband, we were doing our premarital counseling. Mm. And our memory verse is Philippians 2, 3, and 4. And that's the one that says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, Mm. but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to only your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Mm. And honestly... Out of any piece of the Bible, when it comes to like legacy and how I want to move and act, that is what I have embodied mm-hmm. and hope to project that at the end of the day, that I'm always acting in good faith, that I'm always acting selflessly, mm-hmm. you know, and that I am putting the interests of somebody else above me. Because even in this work with Black Eye Care Perspective, I already went to optometry school, yeah. you know, but just me getting through school is not bringing in more doctors. Mm-hmm. So I would love, you know, if I'm able to just hear a little bit from heaven, you know, that my children will say, you know, I remember seeing my mother on all of those meetings yes. and Zooms and videos, and she would introduce us to all of these great doctors mm-hmm. and look at them now. Or I remember, you know, when my mom would tell me there was only 20 something black students in a class. And now, yes. you know, I, I am not the only one when I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know? So I think some of it is what type of legacy do you want? Mm-hmm. Do you want something that is tangible? Do we want to be, you know, written in a book? I think we're in an age too where, you know, we're already making a legacy that will outlive us because of our digital footprints that we make. So I make sure that I publish and I record and, you know, you post and you share because those are ways that we have to take advantage of now Mm -hmm. that before they didn't, Mm -hmm. that we're already building a legacy. I mean, everyone, if they have a social media account, you already are building a story that that's so going to live beyond you. This podcast. You know, whether you realize it or not. Exactly. Yeah. This is We already are giving a legacy. Mm-hmm. And years from now, someone will dig this up on the archive somewhere and be <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, their wow is also, you know, attached to they know someone who knows someone who knew us, you know. Yes, and, that'd and be it's amazing. just so am- amazing mm-hmm. yeah, to have that epiphany. Like, hold on, let me go back. Oh, my Oh my gosh, like that would be the most amazing experience. But I feel like now I definitely live by if I can touch one person. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing to have touched one person. Yeah. But I think that next step is even if I only touch one person, can that one person now touch 
another person and we keep keep it going that, like domino effect yeah going. it's almost kind of like the lighting a candle right you know my candle lighting another candle doesn't take anything away from my candle but it keeps the light going and you know when I think about legacy I, and this is also part two why we started this business was it's named after our children Ariana and AJ A and A and thinking about okay what can we leave behind for them, what can, like I told my husband, every truck that we have needs to have some sort of like college tuition. This is, this truck is for the mortgage. This truck is for the light <laughs> bill, right? Because it's more than a notion to break into something that's brand new, um, you know, break into a new industry and to, to try, right? To bump our head a little bit and learn along the way, but now to be known as the queen of trucking. I mean, it's a totally different type of vibe and experience. And, you know, I love um, what Maxwell says in summarizing the life of a leader. And, you know, I think about the life of a leader at an industry that you might be in or at a job that you might be in, we all have um, a, a specific amount of time that we're in a location, a season, and then we move on. So he mentions achievements come when they do big things by themselves. Success comes when they empower followers to do big things for them. Significance comes when they develop leaders to do great things with them. But legacy comes when they put leaders in position to do great things without them. Who's someone, Dr. Essence, that you would say puts you in position to be able to do these great and amazing things that you are now offering to um, the Dallas community? I mean, you know, the ultimate person, definitely God. I feel that he, you know, he has ordered my steps and allowed me to encounter people that even from a, a younger age, I I knew that things didn't happen accidentally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes you get the meaning later, but it's just so amazing. And I, and I use my Black Eye Care perspective experience because it is formed with two people that I went to school with and then another person that I met. And we reminisce all the time that it's like, we did not know. Mm-hmm. That when our paths were crossing, Mm -hmm. you know, that this was the reason why. So it's like very exciting when I look at Black Eye Care perspective, even when I look at like my friendship circle with like Dorothy and our friend Raquel, and I just look at different things that have happened or reasons why we entered our life. And then it's like, now we're at kind of that fast forward part, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is exciting, but also kind of scary Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, wow. God must have knew yes. that if we met together on that day on on in the gym in PE <laughs> or if we all did this summer program in this location and we're all from three different locations, like I am really having more aha moments yeah. in my 30s of like, wow, mm-hmm. that is why that person came into my life. And this is why events good, bad and different, whether it's in, you know, birth or death and just why those things had to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then also to now know that those things that happen, it is my job to use that as my platform for influence and for testimony and for, you know, mentoring those next group of people. It's like he gave me this story for a reason. Mm -hmm. Now I need to learn how to use those pages of the story to make the difference. And I think that's the very exciting part of it. 
Nice. Yeah, Romans tells us, and we know all things work together for our good, right? And uh, for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And I think that's what we have to remind ourselves sometimes, too, because we can feel like, um, you know, am I ever going to make it? Or when's it my turn? Or, you know, why is why is this person over here doing all these great things? And that spirit of competition can come into play and we're observing what's happening around us. But we just have to stay the course. And as we stay the course, we are going to be able to create our own legacy as it's been intended and as it's been designed. Dr. Essence, I'm so grateful that you would take the time to come and sit at the table and be able to share a little bit more about you, about Black Eye Care Perspective, how you got here. If people want to find and connect with you, where can they find you? You can connect with me on the Black Eye Care Perspective tip at www.blackeyecareperspective.com. If you want to follow my journey on how I am leading leaders and developing things along the way, you can follow me on Instagram at at house of underscore optometrista, or definitely connect with me at dressjohnson.com, um, where you can also find my other social media handles. Very nice. Excellent. Excellent. So you all make sure you stay connected with Dr. Essence. I feel like I need to like put a plug in and remind everyone, if you haven't had your eye exam yet this year, you need to go get your eye exam. Dude, Dr. Essence, how about I have like trifocal lenses I didn't even know that was a thing for my contacts. I have trifocal lenses and then I won't even talk about my glasses. (laughs) I was about to say, you know, that's another conversation for another day, but I will definitely (laughs) say, definitely get your eyes examined. It is January. um, So get your eyes examined for this year if you have not already. Don't forget about those HSA and FSA dollars that you can use to purchase contact lenses and eyewear. And I will say, I would love to shout out some of my fellow sister eyewear designers. Um, If you're looking for black owned eyewear, luxury, check out Eye Candy Creations and Wooly Eyewear and Vontel Eyewear. Those are three of my favorite brands um, that I am rocking and sporting and they provide luxury eyewear and they are designed and created um, by Black women. Ooh, all right, y'all. We're going to definitely put some links to them in the show notes so you too can be fashionable. If you all could see Dr. Essence, she is like rocking these amazing kind of cat eye style glasses today with the little gems on them. Love, love, love them, of course. Dr. Essence, why don't you share with us one final thought uh, that bubbles up when it comes to leadership and, you know, just inspire us and close us out today. Well, I will say, you know, I'm a vision boarder, um, a visionary, and I, and I like to think of those. And I will say my message for this year or my word for this year was hope. Mm. But I will say my message and mantra comes from our good friend, Auntie Tab, Tabitha Brown. <laughs> and she had out there and said that, you know, everything is not your responsibility to fix especially when it feels like it. Mm. And especially if you're going to try to break yourself to fix it. So I do think sometimes us as leaders, um, especially if you're one that has that compassionate gene, you know, people come to you and you feel that every um, burden is yours to shoulder, um, but it's not. So make sure that you choose yourself first, that you're very intentional and strategic in what you do. And don't forget to exercise that no and feel empowered when you're doing so. 
There it is. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you again, Dr. Essence, for being a part of today's journey. I also want to say that this episode is brought to you by the Million Dollar Inner Circle. If you are looking for a way to connect with other amazing women like Dr. Essence, you're looking for being able to, you know, learn new things, expand on your experiences, expand on your resources, you can literally join for a dollar, just a dollar, Dr. Essence. And from there, stay or go. It's totally up to you, but it's definitely becoming an amazing community of dynamic individuals who are looking to see how they too can grow and create legacy. So, you know, again, I want to say thanks for being a part of today's experience. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to take the time to leave a five-star review, share this particular episode with another lady leader that you know who could use this information on today. And as I always say, from process to practice, grab your stilettos and let's go. Thanks again for joining and I'll see you soon. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of the Grace Over Grind podcast. Don't forget, I support current women leaders who are ready to turn their knowledge, background, and expertise into a profitable leadership platform. Remember, go from the process of figuring it out to leadership and practice. Until we meet again, keep those stilettos high.